If your steering wheel has more traction than your actual tires, that's a big O no. Thankfully, for all your car's big O no's, there's always a big O yes. Now through February 2nd, buy three, get one free on select sets of four Aspen Touring AS or Mesa AP2 brand tires with paid installation purchase. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Disposal fees extra and up to 10% shop fee based on non-discounted regular retail price not to exceed $35 were permitted. See store for pricing. Eligibility may vary. Not valid with other offers. At participating locations, no cash value. We talked Chiefs in the AFC Championship game with Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, and Sam Mellinger, and with our audience on Facebook Live on Thursday. Now it's presented as a Sportsbeat KC podcast. We cover how the Chiefs plan to stop Derrick Henry, how the Chiefs' experience in last year's appearance in the championship game could help out, and in our Rubber Meets the Road segment, we pick the players we believe will come up big for the Chiefs in Sunday's game. Here we go with Herbie, Sam, Vahe, Sam, and me, Blair Kirkhoff. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Facebook Live, the Kansas City Stars uh, conversation about the Kansas City Chiefs. We are at Big O Tires in Lee Summit for the third time, <laughs> third time this year. We enjoy coming out to Big O Tires in Lee Summit. We enjoy going to the Big O Tires everywhere in the metro area, but especially Lee Summit because it's so convenient for Absolutely. one of us, <laughs> and, that's, and that's Sam McDowell. Hey, it's the AFC Championship game version of Red Zone Extra. We're going to talk about the Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans game on Sunday. Winner going to the Super Bowl, and we're going to talk about that game with Herbie Teope, who's really excited about being here today. Absolutely. You are stoked. That's right. You're bouncing off the walls. Woke up at 4 o'clock this morning and make it here on time. <laughs> um, home game here for Sam McDowell. Vahe Gregorian is here, and so is Sam Mellinger. And a lot, a lot, lot to cover here. Since we've already covered some of the essential topics, like convenience stores and eyesight and, <laughs> and dancing at weddings, I'm sorry you missed that before the show started. So um, let's kick it off with, uh, with this, Herbie. Um, the injury, first injury report came out. On on uh, on Wednesday, Chris Jones on it again with the calf injury. Did not practice on Sunday. We know that, uh, and I think our audience knows by now. Uh, the Friday's the big injury report day. Uh, but what do you, do you get a sense that um, uh, from the comments that Andy Reid made yesterday? Uh, that, that Chris Jones is going to play this week. That remains to be seen. The key thing here with Chris Jones. On Sunday when he did the pregame warm-up, he couldn't push off Blair. And, and Andy Reid addressed whether this is a tolerance issue as far as pain is concerned. We don't know that yet. The key thing here is what's he going to be able to do Thursday? What's he going to be able to do Friday? If he doesn't practice Friday, that probably is not a good sign that he will play Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. And that's a big piece I think they need this week, especially with you-know-who and all the Chiefs oh, yeah. fans know who's coming at him. Oh, we're going to talk a lot about him. Uh, about Derrick Henry. So the other key name on the on the injury uh, list was Travis Kelsey. Correct. And he did practice in a limited uh, fashion on, on Wednesday. Seems like he gutted it out on, on Sunday. Uh, he was listed yesterday with a knee injury, and it was the hamstring that actually caused him to miss, sna- miss snaps on Sunday. Yeah, and the knee injury actually limited him in practice the past week. But the good news is that hamstring injury that kept him, actually made him miss a couple of snaps 
against the Houston Texans was not on the injury report. So that hamstring injury is not a concern at this point. It's just a knee. Uh, I don't think they're going to push him this week. He showed last week. And Kelsey's the kind of player that doesn't need a full week of practice to play, just like last week. And apparently he doesn't need to be 100% healthy because he was a monster game. <laughs> ter- terrific game. I mean, what, what did that say about Kelsey? Yeah, I think the way teams are going to defend the Chiefs in the playoffs is, is with this man-to-man coverage that Kelsey's going to get a lot of looks because if you play man-to-man, you have to have safety help on Tyreek Hill. And that's going to leave Travis Kelsey single-covered a lot of times and just beating his guy. And uh, we all saw on social media, I think, that the showtime the inside the NFL, the connection he has with Patrick Mahomes yeah. to where even Kelsey was shot. How do you know I was going to do that? And I, I think he's probably talking about the tail end of that that, that route where he curls back towards the middle of the field. Um, they just seem to have a, a connection that, uh, and I know he's, he's got this connection with all receivers, but the two of them specifically seem to have a, a certain connection that when your offensive line's playing the way that theirs did, did on, uh, on Sunday, it's going to be really key yeah. to have a, a guy that you just trust where he is all the time. Uh, so good morning, RJ, Jordan, Patty, Keith, thanks. Uh, send us your question and comments, and we'll get to as many of them as we can. And that seems to be a theme of the week, isn't it, this chemistry with this team, not just on not just Mahomes and Kelsey, but we heard from Teran Matthew yesterday and, uh, and Anthony Hitchens about that on the, on the defensive side, that there's this, uh, this really good um, you know, nonverbal communication going on with them. Look, I also think they're all really good players, too, and there tends to be pretty good communication when the players are good. There does tend to be, right, and it's chicken and egg a little bit. Um, but one of the things that's interesting, you, you, you hear the question was framed, I think, to uh, Tyron yesterday a little bit in the context of, actually it was framed to Anthony Hitchens, I'm sorry, and a little bit in the context of the Kelsey Mahomes moment and whether he enjoyed that kind of thing with, with Tyron. And, and the feeling that, that Hitchens expressed was that, you can make a mistake and know somebody's looking out for you. You know you can trust the person there, and that's, that's a commonality in a lot of championship-winning type teams, and certainly something we, we've heard, we've, we've all had a little bit of occasion to be around some of the 69 Chiefs, something we've certainly heard a lot about on the defense, how there are like five quarterbacks out there, all with a sense of what the other guy's doing. And, and so that, that's one of those things that's kind of, I think, telling about where this team is. Uh, one little Quick thing to add on that Showtime thing that, that captured uh, Travis and Patrick. The part I loved was Kelsey saying that, that Patrick had thrown the ball three yards before Travis made his last move that, that Patrick didn't know he was going to make. Yeah. And I, I wish we could frame that up exactly with the play. I think Sam McDowell was on the right play, but but that uh, it, it just says a lot. It says a lot about the magic unicorn that I think we haven't written enough about this season, but that, that, that Sam uh, may have written, found another way to write about. Maybe, yeah, maybe we'll get to writing about Patrick at some point during the season. Time's running out. I mean, we, we better get to him soon. I think that play, I think I've seen a video of that play. It wasn't, uh, uh, I want to say Kelsey was on the boundary and turned in, and Mahomes started to throw the ball before Kelsey had decided which way to turn. Yeah, it, well, the, the part of that video that, that stuck with me is Kelsey saying, there was no reason for you to think this is what I was doing. Yeah. I didn't know. It. And so that, that tells me that it may not even been a sight read. That may have just been right. Kelsey saying, like, look, they're playing me this way, and I know that I'm supposed to run this way, but this, is the other, this other way is the way that I can get open. We haven't practiced this. This isn't part of the play, but I'm going to do it anyway, and just, whoop, there's the ball, because the quarterback knew I was going to be there. That is just... 
I, I don't think it's a coincidence either that the four guys that we've kind of talked about with this of, of you know, the communication, the feel and everything, Kelsey, Mahomes, Anthony Hitchens, and, and Tyron Math. There's others too, but those four in particular are all smart. They're all like, you know, football IQ kind of guys. They all watch a lot of tape. Um, I, I don't think that's a coincidence. And, and I also, I, I keep going back to this idea that when the lot, when, when there's an understanding that a team not just can, not just is, is capable of winning a Super Bowl, but is in this good of a position to do it, it lifts everybody else. I, I think guys study a little bit more than they would if it was an eight and 18, you know? Um, we've seen those eight and 18 teams. We've seen four and 12 teams, you know? And, and this is different. Like, I just think that lifts everybody up to give that extra 1%, 2%, 5%, whatever. Let's, um, let, let's, let's talk about the first Chiefs-Titans game. Uh, the one on uh, in mid-November, won by the Titans, uh, 35-32, and there, there were just some crazy things that happened yeah. in that game. Some bizarre numbers. Chiefs dominated time of possession. They dominated total yards. I looked it up. I had, to, I had to remind myself that the Chiefs had 12 possessions in that game. One of them was a kneel down at the end of the first half, so eliminate that one. So 11 possessions in that game. They had three touchdowns, six field goal attempts, one fumble, and one punt. So they had scoring, they either scored or had a scoring opportunity on nine of 11 possessions, and they lost the game. They lost the game. It's almost crazy that they lost that game. I, they, they, I thought they outplayed the Titans, but some, some really big mistakes for the Chiefs in that game. I wish I could remember where I saw this so I could give them proper credit, but I, I saw that um, there was like you know, sort of a box score analysis. That somebody looked at, you know, just the yards, everything that you're just talking about, yeah. you know, yards, possessions, time, you know, all that stuff. Said the Chiefs just, based on this, had an 80% chance of winning that game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they found the 20. Yeah, they, they sure did. They did find the 20 they because sure special teams got crazy at the end with the two, you know, botched field. One was blocked and the other one was just botched with this, the bad snap. And, and then I, the, I, the, the real damning play in that game was Damian Williams losing the fumble, having the fumble returned for a touchdown. I remember talking to you guys after the game or, or later that it was 29 to 20 with 11 minutes to go. It was time to write, you know, it was time yeah. to let's, let's get going. Chiefs are going to win this game. And, and, um, and, it, and it just didn't happen. So what kind of, what kind of lessons can be learned or what, how can it be used to the Chiefs' advantage that they, they, they know that they outplayed the Titans that day, but... Didn't get the W. That was a Murphy's Law type of game. You know, anything <laughs> that could go wrong went wrong. The biggest lesson learned there was the Titans are not going to get out of their offense even with when they're facing a large deficit. And that goes in line with the guy you spoke about earlier, and then we all know who that is, Derrick Henry. 140 of his 188 yards came in the second half with the Titans playing from behind. So the biggest lesson there is, there's a couple here. One is you have to be able to, you, you know he's coming. If you know he's coming, you gotta, you gotta step up and stop him. Number two is you can't settle for field goals. You gotta punch it in the end zone. And I think at, it was around that time, I remember Sam wrote a column about their red zone woes because around the mid-season point, yeah. they were 23rd in the league, at, at roughly 51%. So if you have opportunities to score against the Titans, the best way to negate um, Derrick Henry is make the Titans play from way behind. Don't give them that three, six, nine point deficit. Make it 21, 24. Force them to pass. That's the way to do it. They're not going to, uh, I, Ryan Tannehill's not the type of quarterback that's going to 
bring you back from a big deficit, I, I, I don't think. Jack Hilliard has, has a point here, uh, says he didn't like Andy's defensive personnel package last time they played. Not having Mike Pinnell and Derek Noddy covering the rush was lethal, hoping it's better than the last time. Yeah, they I, set Pinnell in that game. Right. Yeah, uh, he was inactive, correct. Inactive. Um, Chris Jones did play and had a good game. Remember, he had eight tackles, two sacks, a forced fumble. Chris Jones played well in that game. But this really is a game for – I think we said it last week, too, against the, against the Houston Texans. It's a game for a defensive front. They, they, this really has to – they really have to play tough. And we are asking Hitchens and Teran Matthew about this yesterday. When you – tackling, you know, Derrick Henry is a chore. The guy's 6'3", 245 pounds. you got to hit him low. You're going to get punished tackling Der- Derrick Henry, which is why you mentioned his second-half yard, second yardage. He's that kind of back. He gets stronger as the game goes on because I think defenses get grow weary. And that's that same stat which can be applied to the Chiefs' 27, 2017 wild card loss to the Titans. Yeah. I think Henry had 42 at halftime and finished with 156 in that game. He just punished the Chiefs. Chiefs were up 21 to three in that game. Mariota was the quarterback, and, and Derrick Henry just just ran him over in the second half. Didn't you know they have funny? like a nine-minute drive in the second half? Yes, Sorry, yeah. I mean, that was crazy. Well, the, the Derrick Henry's the common denominator in those games, but also the, the Murphy's Law concept, as, as Herbie put it. I mean, you got Marcus Mariota's pass to himself in that game. You got two really fluky special teams plays at the end of this last game. So that's kind of the, the twist in this. And, Blair, you wrote about this, that Andy's – uh, what was the headline? Um, oh, um, bum fuzzled. Yeah, we got, we got we got the bum fuzzled verb in the it's, uh, uh, in the headline. Andy's squad being bum fuzzled against the uh, boy. I better watch how I say that uh, <laughs> against the Titans. One and eight, one and eight, and these are the kinds of things that have happened. So, it what the interesting thing is, you you can prepare for Derrick Henry. How do you make sure you don't have, you know, just the wackadoodle type things that uh, that have killed him also? Yeah, I, I think if if you're if you Predicate your win on stopping Derrick Henry. I don't think that's a good strategy because nobody has stopped Derrick Henry for the past, what is it, nine weeks now that he's got over 1,200 yards in like nine weeks? So to me, you've got to do the other stuff right. You know, the Ravens lost a turnover battle three to nothing. The Chiefs, when they lost in Tennessee, you already mentioned Damian Williams dropped a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. They still should win that game despite Derrick Henry having 180 yards and with the fumble return for a touchdown if they just convert a field goal late one of two field goals late in the game where they've got a third and one that they can convert. To me, it's the other stuff that has to go right. And what Derrick Henry does is he, he just he slims that margin of error. But I, I think this, this idea that the Chiefs have to stop Derrick Henry to win the game is wrong because I don't think they're going to hold Derrick Henry under 100 yards, and I still think they should win this game. To, to that point as well, about making sure you, you, you pay attention to the other things, one of the things that hurt the Ravens last week against the Titans was play action. When you put eight or nine people in the box, just like you were saying, if, if your mindset is load up in here and let's stop, they fell victim to a, a beautiful play action pass. It was the deep touchdown pass from Tannehill. And Tannehill is only averaging, he, through two games in the postseason, 160 yards passing. That's 80 yards <laughs> per game. But it's, it's the little things that he's been able to do because he's got three touchdown passes. And a lot of them are coming on play action when the defense is selling out to shut down Henry. 
You got to pay attention to everything else too. Yeah, look, there's a, kind of a myth here that with Derrick Henry, the, the Titans dominate, you know, time, time of possession and they, and they score a lot. It's not true. They've been out time of possession in the in the playoffs. Yes, with um, with, with the guy who's yeah. accounted for almost 400 rushing yards of their 600 total yards in the yeah. two game. The, the other thing I, that I go back to is, and I think I've written this, but. Um, with this historic, and I mean, it is historic. Nobody's ever run for 180 plus in three straight games. Um, they only scored on 40% of their possessions. And in the playoffs, it's 33%. So with this guy doing this Jim Brown thing, like they're still not scoring at a really high rate. Now, part of that is their touchdowns. They're not field goals. Yeah, they don't settle for field goals um, ever. You know, they, they, they go in. But, you know, my point is here that, that you don't have to be terrified of a guy getting 180 yards if that's all they get, you know, because right. you get the ball after they do, and, and you can go down and score. I, I just come back to kind of underlining everything you just said, Sam, about um, he's going to get his, and, and that should be okay. Like, just shut everything else out, and, and, and the Chiefs should be okay. I'll tell you, the, the, thing that, <clears throat> the thing that's really impressed me about the Titans in, in the postseason, everything really, I mean, to, to win the two games that they've won, Hats off to the Tennessee Titans. That's just phenomenal to do what they've done uh, to win at New England and, and to win at Baltimore. Um, it's the defense. It's the defense. And, and it's short yardage defense. The Patriots had first and goal with the one and yeah. didn't score. Yeah. And I think I read somewhere it's the, like the only time in the postseason, uh, Patriots postseason history, that didn't happen. Wow. Um, and, uh, and two fourth, was it? Fourth and ones against the Ravens that they stoned. Yeah. But mm -hmm. on one of them, Lamar Jackson didn't look like he knew what he was doing. And he just went from side to side and couldn't find an opening. So the Titans on defense have really impressed me. And look, the Chiefs rolled up their season high total yards uh, amount in Tennessee. It was like 530. Patrick Mahomes' season high passing yards, 446. But they only had three touchdowns. You know, that I think. Talk about settling for field goals. Titans haven't done it in the playoffs. Chiefs did it in Tennessee. They can't do that in Tennessee. They've got to get the ball in the end zone. That, yeah. that was maybe the best game that Mahomes has played. There were some throws in there. I mean, the jump pass sticks out, but there was oh also God. the – was it a cross? There was a touchdown. Was that Tyreek? Uh, they were going left to right, right where right, we were right. watching. That, that was an unbelievable throw. I, I, I wonder if – maybe I'm getting ahead. Maybe we're going to talk about this anyway, but – the Titans play a ton of man coverage. We've talked about that already, but I, I wonder if they're going to adjust that a little bit because they're, they're not dumb. <laughs> they, know, they know what's happened, and they know that Mahomes threw for, I think it was 446. 446. Is, is that the number? Uh, I, I just wonder if they're going to switch that up a little bit. The, the other point about playing man-to-man -man coverage is what we saw last week, that Mahomes was able to scramble out of it for four first totally. downs. When you play man coverage yep. and your receivers are going deep, all of a sudden there's nobody on the quarterback. You either got to put somebody else there, which is going to be a guy that presumably could help on Travis Kelsey, and now he's even more open, or you got to deal with that. And uh, that's one element he did not have in that Titans game. Yeah. You know, we story that, that's coming out tomorrow that I wrote is, only once in his career has he not run the ball, and it was against Tennessee. And he admitted yesterday that he was not comfortable yet with the knee when he came back. In that first, first game back, yeah. He said trainers had told him he's okay, doctors had told him he was okay, but until he got full game speed, he's still unsure. And in that game, he's unsure. He's not going to be unsure on, on Sunday. So I, I think you're going to – if the Titans are going to play a lot of man-to-man, -man, I think you're going to see Mahomes effective with his legs like he was last week. To Sam's point about the man-to-man, -man, I mean, when you think about the two teams that the Titans have faced in the postseason, the Patriots, the only one wide receiver you can automatically come to your head is Julian Edelman. 
with the Ravens. Yeah. They don't have the bona fide threats that the Chiefs do. So if, if you play man-to-man against the Chiefs, it, it, this is a pick-your-poison type deal. You know, who, who are you going to try to shut down here? I don't think they can do it. Kyle well, Tyree Kill says nobody. <laughs> yes, Tyree Kill did say that yesterday. Kyle Coffey has this interesting observation. Saw a good comparison somewhere. Chiefs struggled like a high seed does in the first NCAA tournament, first week of the NCAA tournament. Once they settle in, they go to the Final Four. Chiefs struggled um, in, you know, in the first half of the game on, or the first quarter on, on uh, last Sunday. Chiefs now have the pressure off them. I think I like that kind of comparisons. I've, we've seen, you know, we see it with Kansas around here. It's a top seed every year. They can have bad first weekends and then pick up momentum in the tournament. And they can also lose in the and they, Elite Eight. Right. But, but they're, or they can, or they <laughs> can lose the early. You know, the yeah, Northern Iowa type of game. And they, they seem to have passed that. They've done that but, before. But, <laughs> but, you know, the other thing, to, to Kyle's point, it's, <laughs> people seem to be talking about more than I remember them talking about is to what degree having the week off is counterproductive, right? I mean, obviously the Chiefs are in the big picture benefit from that and healthier overall, a team that, that was not healthy most of the season. But but I think there's a legitimate argument that there's a little little rust to scrape off um, after sitting a week. And uh, sometimes that can throw off your just general momentum and, and sort of sink that you're in. So took them a quarter. Uh, as our, our friends in Houston have noted, the, the Texans are the first quarter champions. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. What a week in Houston sports. Oh, anyway, let's, I don't know if we need to go there well, for I saw somebody making the point that Bill O'Brien's the luckiest man in sports because it, it was a little overshadowed the next day. <laughs> <laughs> then it was, I think it was during the, uh, the LSU-Clemson foot national championship game on Monday night that Houston's starting quarterback trans- decided to go to the transfer portal. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the weekend. They got their former team now playing the AFC Championship too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The Oilers are uh. the old Oilers are playing. Um, uh, so let's. Uh, I wanted to bring up another topic here, and that is, uh, what does this game mean to Andy Reid? What, what's what's at stake for Andy Reid in in the AFC Championship game, where his team is a seven and a half point favorite? Well, a few different thoughts. I'll, I'll, I'll just start real quick. I mean, we're going to feel, if they don't win, we're going to feel like, if not now, when, we're gonna, in the moment, right? We're going to feel like, you know, it's that's never going to happen I mean, for that, them. That's going to be a column after Yeah, I think Sam's got that written just in case. <laughs> um, maybe I have it in the back pocket. But, but the truth is, we're going to be caught up in that moment. And meanwhile, the bigger truth is something we were talking about last week when you, I think you introduced that odds makers point about you know the window for the Chiefs yeah, yeah. and I think that's still going to hold true no matter what happens Sunday but you do feel like things stacked up for the Chiefs here in a way that you can never count on right just the fact that they're moments away from not being a number two seed suddenly they're a number two seed suddenly the Ravens lose just all kinds of things have fallen their way now they still have to beat the Titans it's a monumental challenge but but the path has been better than it might have been so I, I think we feel like Andy needs a little sense of completion. We can debate the question about whether he needs to win the Super Bowl this year, you know, if they get there. But I think this is, this is kind of a significant point in, in how he'll be judged. I think we all think he's probably a Hall of Fame coach no matter what. But I still think that the identity is a little incomplete without being able to say, you took two franchises to a Super Bowl, presumably, hopefully, he wins one at least. 
I like that. I like the, I like that answer. Let me. I, I've got the list on the index card of knowledge here. Um, here's a list of. Um, Did you reuse another one? <laughs> just, just put it in my pocket so it crumpled a little bit. A lot of knowledge. And it really is the index card of knowledge because I had to write over like my daughter's uh, <laughs> answers on <laughs> on this. Uh, but all right, so here's your career victory list uh, among NFL coaches. Don Shula's number one. George Papaverhalis is two. Bill Belichick, three. Tom Landry, Tom Landry is fourth. Curly Lambeau is five. Andy Reid is number six. The five ahead of Andy Reid all have multiple NFL championships, right. whether Super Bowl or or, uh, or NFL championships. And like the couple three behind them do. Yep, Chuck Knoll's um, one Chuck of those. Knoll, yeah. um, Marty Schottenheimer's right behind him. Uh, yeah. So uh, in seven, Chuck Knoll is eight. Dan Reeves is nine. He is... Is not is not in the Hall of Fame, nor is Chuck Knox at number ten. So, do you want to be known as the guy with the most wins without a without an NFL championship on your? No, of course you don't, right? I mean, but that's to me what's. This is year twenty one for Andy Reid, yeah. and off the top of my head, I don't know how many losing records he's had in twenty twenty one seasons. I imagine it's no more than three or four. I think it's like three or four. Not in exactly. Kansas City, right? Yeah. <clears throat> First one in, in Philly, and I think he was a winner his second year in Philly. I think so. And the last, so, and the last, last 12. Yeah. yeah. So very few. The percentage of him getting to the, you know, having winning seasons, getting to the playoffs, and not winning a Super Bowl is really high. I mean, it's uh, not winning it, just getting to a Super Bowl. I don't know. I, I, I think he needs to feel some pressure. I really do. I think he needs to say this this is the time and but we've he's had a good year the the, Chief, the chiefs have had a good year he's having a good year i don't know will we look at him any differently if he if he doesn't get it done sunday i i think the same perception of andy reed will still linger if he doesn't get to the super bowl because when you talk around folks you know in the league he's always known as the best coach to never win a super bowl and unfortunately, in professional sports, you're, you're not judged on your accomplishments, how many games you won during a regular season. It always boils down to how many Super Bowl rings do you have? That, that's the biggest argument right now. You want to talk about the Hall of Fame. Eli Manning is going to be eligible for the Hall of Fame here soon. And Philip Rivers will be eligible for the Hall of Fame here pretty soon. And what's the first thing most people say? Well, how many Super Bowl rings does Rivers have? And that's the unfortunate thing right now. But Andy Reid is one hell of a coach. You, know, you talk about his winnings, his winning percentage, where he ranks in the career wins. But there's always that little thing there. Well, the other thing. How many with, championships does he have? With that number, Andy, with that win, I was just double checking that. Now, he's now 13 and 14 in the playoffs. Right. So, I mean, there's a little equilibrium to be had here by winning that game, too. I mean, you finally have a, at least a 500 postseason record and game that could vault you in, would vault you into the Super Bowl. The idea of still having a losing playoff record, that, that's also a thing. Did yeah. you know, like, uh, I, I think about this. No coach in NFL history has gone this long without winning a Super Bowl and then won a Super Bowl. As, as a head coach, not age at yeah, that time. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Se- seasons as a head coach. I still think it's pretty possible that, that he retires with multiple Super Bowl championships. I do, sure. You know what I mean? Like, if a lot has to go right, right? A lot has to go right for him to get one. <laughs> yes, but yes. it's still, that's, the, the story hasn't been written, I guess, the, you know, the final one on his career. For sure, and the other thing, you know, we can think back to any number of people, and, and the time frame is a little more compressed, but Tom Landry couldn't win the big one, right? And then he wins a couple big ones. <laughs> Mike Krzyzewski. Um, Mike Krzyzewski. <laughs> that's the one. Bill that Self, I mean, okay, although Bill was a little 
farther earlier in his career. John Wooden's the ultimate. John Wooden's a great one. More about Bruce Weber. <laughs> so Wooden was it all, like it all Wooden comes player, back to Kansas State. Was it Wooden like 14, 12, 13 years? He had been coaching longer than that before UCLA. Started in the late, late 40s yeah. at, at uh, Indiana State. NAIA, Indiana State first. But, uh, but yeah, like all throughout the, the, the 50s, and it took him until 64 to win his first one. So um, Cody and Drizzy says the Dan Marino of coaches, not a good title. I think. I think – whether we think of Patrick Mahomes as Dan Marino will have an impact on whether <laughs> yeah, Andy yeah. Reid wins a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, Marino, of course, we talked about it after after the game on um, on Sunday. Went to one Super Bowl in his career in his second year. Retired as the NFL's leading uh, leader in passing yards, touchdown passes, and that was the only Super Bowl in which he ever played. And they weren't even competitive in that and, game. And Shula was still coaching, right? Shula coached. I had to look it up. Shula not only was coaching, he coached him for the next decade. Shula didn't re retire until 96. So he had Marino for a dozen years after the Super wow. Bowl year and, uh, uh, and, couldn't, and, and couldn't get back. So anyway, all right, we have reached that time in the show. These guys' favorite segment called Where the Rubber Meets the Road. This is where we identify a player we think will or has to come up big for the Chiefs to have success on Sunday. And our uh, bonus question is, in, um, in honor of Derrick Henry, who's had uh, big games against the Chiefs, every time he is suited up for the Titans against the Chiefs, what Chiefs opponent, opposing player, uh, has fan, have fans feared the most over the years? Um, uh, let me know what you guys think, uh, because we have different ages and you know, place, uh, people with uh, kind of different generations of Chiefs fans. What opposing player has, has put the most fear into the Chiefs fans over the years? I'd like to know what you guys think. So, Herbie, we'll start with you. Rubber meets the road. Who's got to come up big for the Chiefs? Well, I picked Chris Jones last week, so he was inactive. So yeah, so, so hold that thought, because I, I, did, I did happen to write down everybody's pick from last week. I never do this. Chris Jones was a good pick. So you we'll, had a good pick. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see, Sam. We'll see if there's an ulterior motive for this. Well, we sat here last Thursday, Herbie. Uh, we didn't know about it. Chris Jones hurt himself in practice that yeah, day. After we it, had the show, it, it was correct. a good pick. That's right. Sam McDowell had uh, Tyreek Hill had legitimate, you know, reason for that. I, I thought Vahe McCole Hardman. What a good pick that turned out to be. Got the the rally started with the uh, fifty-eight yard. Or I'm, really, I'm really worried though that this is just a setup for whatever you're going to come in with last. But go ahead. <laughs> Blair's was the second quarter. Have <laughs> 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 a good second quarter. Sam, you had Mike Pinnell. I thought the the, the reasoning was good. Um, in the spirit of not answering. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's hear Blair's. What we got? I don't, you know, I, I just thought it was a, you know. You did, you did. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Dan Sorensen was my. Wow. <laughs> wow. Really? But, wow. But, but as a defender, not a special teams guy, so I didn't I don't specify. think that matters, but I, think, I think that does matter because he <laughs> has seven tackles. That's the only time Dan Sorensen has been mentioned on the, <laughs> yeah, on the show. How many, how many weeks have we done this show? Um, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and how many times have you done that? <laughs> None of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just want that on the record. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I just thought it would be a nice feature to have. <laughs> show. How did you save this for four days? <laughs> <laughs> we see you every day. You wanted to gloat on camera. Come on now. All right, all right, all right. Wherever meets the road. <laughs> Who's it going to be? I'm going to steal your pick from last week, and I'm, I am going to go with Daniel Sorensen because week 10 – 
jump-started his second half. Weeks one through week nine, 211 snaps, a total of 18 tackles. The second half of the season, as he got more involved with the defense, playing a hybrid linebacker role, being heavily involved in the three-safety package, 352 snaps, 38 tackles, two sacks, three passes defensed. The guy was all over the place, and it started in week 10 against the Titans with nine tackles. I'm going Daniel Source. All right, all right. Who's the player that, uh, that has put the most fear in the Chiefs fans over the years? I'm going to go with someone that, you know, from my time covering the Chiefs. I don't want to go back into the 70s because sure, sure. I was like two or three, but I'm going to say Peyton Manning. Uh, Peyton Manning was 12-2 and against the Kansas City Chiefs, 2-0 yeah. against the Chiefs in the postseason. And whenever, when Manning joined the AFC, everyone was like, he was the player everyone hated. They loved to hate, and then nobody took more joy in watching him getting benched in November, week 15, <laughs> November right. of 2015 than Chiefs fans. He set the record for most passing yards, but then he got benched after four interceptions. Yeah. I, I think it's Manning. And okay. then won a Super Bowl in that season. Yeah, he yeah, yeah, won the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, after, yeah after, when they started him in the playoffs after Osweiler finished this year yeah. as a starter. All right, Sam Mack. Um, well, since Rubber these, are, meets these are on the record now, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the guy that has to have a big game for obvious reasons is Reggie Ragland, but the reason I'm picking him is because he was teammates in college with Derrick Henry. I feel like he's got a little bit more familiarity with this guy. I think the Chiefs are going to adjust their their personnel that they had, like like Herbie mentioned in that in that first game. I mean, there were some guys that Mike Pinnell that, that didn't play. I think they're going to load up for the run a little bit more, and I think Ragland's a guy that has to have a big day. I actually had Peyton Manning too I for this. A lot of our, uh, for, a lot of our for this viewers question, are, the no punt game came to mind. The guy yeah. that you just felt completely helpless against more than I think any other player they faced. Um, rivalries, guys that they faced. You know, Antonio Gates was always hard for them to guard, but to me, Peyton Manning is the guy that that made them feel absolutely helpless. And he did it for two teams. I mean, right. yeah, for the Colts and for the first couple of years with the with the Broncos. Okay, behind. Um, well, first of all, I'm going to go back to my roots. I'm going to go back to fundamentals. The, the Tyron <laughs> Matthew will be the uh, player who makes the rubber meet the road. I think he's going to, he's going to uh, make Tannehill feel like they've duped him on, a, on some play action, and he's going to, he's going to be there to make a, uh, a pivotal play. Pick six? Yes, yes. A pick six. <laughs> Are you calling for a pick six? It's like calling a swish. Intercept, take it all the way back. You know what's it, not go to, big or not go to home. interrupt this pick, but you know what's interesting is Tyron Matthew actually talks about play action as the one thing that he's got to be more conscious of because he can get bit. Yeah. On, he can bite on play action sometimes because of his aggression. Well, you were there yesterday. You you heard him talking about studying this stuff till till not quite yeah. two a.m. And I believe he'll be paying attention to that. Actually, I, I mean, I'm sort of joking around, but honestly, I think that the Chiefs understand that that's, that exact crux of this thing is going to be huge in this game. I mean, where, the, the whole question of where you can afford to load up and where you better be wary. I mean, that's going, yeah. to, be, that's going to be a yep. huge part of this sure. game. And he's at um, the center of that. And he is, and that's why the pick six is going to happen. That a baby. Um, <laughs> Peyton Manning's really the answer. But I'll, I'll dust one off out of the old, the old books uh, in a different sort of way. Ben Davidson. Huh? Love to hate, right? Love oh, to hate Ben sure. Davidson uh, of the Raiders. Sam, he was this guy <laughs> who, who started a couple brawls, cheap shot artists. Apparently he's a really nice guy or was a really nice guy. I don't know if he's still alive, but I, I met somebody who was his neighbor. <laughs> and uh, was there something else we're supposed to be answering? No, 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 that's good. <laughs> Want me to stop? <laughs> no, no. 
<laughs> That's someone who was Ben Davidson's neighbor. Yeah, I oh. can't remember where, where it was. There's some island off Alameda, somewhere out okay. there. Okay, mm -hmm. it's interesting. Yep. Interesting. Sam? <laughs> <laughs> How do you follow that? Um, uh, actually, I, I had Tyron as my guy um, because of the play action and, and all that stuff, so I will get off of that. Um, and just say, I'll say Travis Kelsey, just as far as if the Titans do play as much man as they have, that's just a matchup that may screw them, you know? And uh, I think John Elway uh, for the other one, just because, like, I think with Peyton Manning, there was almost just a, res not resignation, it was just like, I know what's gonna happen. Like, he's just gonna three-step drop, and you know, it's gonna be efficient. With Elway, you kind of, you, maybe you knew the, how the story would end, but you didn't know how many times he'd scramble around behind the line of scrimmage and just how far he'd launch it down. And, and also, um, after he was done torturing the Chiefs in the regular season and the playoffs, then he becomes an executive and is the reason that Peyton Manning went to the Broncos <laughs> to, Great point. to do it all again. So I'm, I'm going to go with LA. It's good. It's good. All right. My rubber meets the road. Did I, did I mention that last week, my pick from last week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this one's going to be terrible. He saved it for four <laughs> days. He saved it for four I days. I can't believe that's the most surprising part of this is he didn't mention it for four days. <laughs> okay. Uh, rubber meets the road. I'm going to go with... Uh, Damien Williams, the running back. Okay, um, let's write that one down for Sunday. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the, the guy, he had the bad, he had the fumble, right? The, the worst play of the game against Tennessee in the regular season. I think he carries that into this game. He has been a, uh, really talking about a nose for the goal line player for the Chiefs in three playoff games over the last two years. Seven touchdowns. I'm not saying that other players in that position couldn't have scored uh, the way Damian Williams has, but he's been the guy. They, I think they trust him. They feel great about him, and all of a sudden, running back doesn't seem to be a position of concern anymore. LaShawn McCoy, out sick at uh, practice yesterday, and I had to ask myself, has, has he, when's, he, when's the last time he played? One snap. Is that what he, he got? got? Texas. Texas. One, one snap. So I he, do not remember that snap. No, I, I don't either. <laughs> um, you know, so, Blair, an interesting thing about your point about, about him is that in the weeks to come, Hopefully for everybody in Kansas City, Sunday going forward, if they beat the Titans this time, we're gonna we're gonna look back to that last Titans game as, you know, theoretically the moment that that was the springboard, right, or yeah. the, the last loss. Yeah. And Damian Williams is as much a, a, a part of that. The image Sam wrote then and and recaptured the other day in in Mellinger minutes. Of him just sitting there. It was striking. 20 minutes. It was striking. Yeah. It, it was. was. We all took notice, but then you, it you was stayed on it. 14 it was. minutes after the locker room opened, the, and he didn't move. The only movement was tears coming down the right side of his face. He was sto. I mean, it was that was strike. I don't know the last time I've seen something like that. That was that was yeah by a pro athlete. You yeah. know, that's, yep. yeah. Okay, and this may speak to to, to my age, but I, I agree with Sam here. John Elway. I just never forget the. You know, some of those games in the, um, in the 90s when the Chiefs were, you know, had a fantastic really decade. Winning his team, team in, the, in the decade, yeah. The, the, what, what Elway would do to the Derek Thomas and Neil Smith teams. Yeah. Just, yeah. you know, just yeah. handle them. Um, when Elway was there, Mahomes is what you're saying? Yes. I, what, I was going to say that, though. This question is, I wonder, you know, we look back in five, ten years, how many other teams are going to be saying Patrick Mahomes on this list? He's already 4-0 against the Raiders, 4-0 against the Broncos, 3-1 and against the Chargers. So. I say everyone in the West. You know, yeah. Because all, the, all of our answers were, you know, uh, 
West. Yeah. West, AFC West, because the, the two, the, the, the career rushing leader against the Chiefs is LaDainian Tomlinson yeah. by far. I mean, by, by far. And I think the career receiving leader is Tim Brown. So it's always, well, it's always guys well, in, the, in the division. Well, 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 and if, if we had asked, asked this question a few years ago, you know, Philip Rivers might have been the answer. He had, yeah. he got off to a great start against yep. the Chiefs in his career, and then Andy Reid gets to Kansas City and and reverses that fortune. So, okay, well, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, we really enjoyed this. I, I don't know if we'll be at a Big O Tires. I imagine we will. We'll be at a Big O Tires again in Miami. <laughs> maybe, maybe in Miami. But look, if uh, if it is our last show, um, I'm not trying to jinx anything here. We've really enjoyed this. Well, actually, listen, we, don't, we wouldn't get a chance to say so long um, um, if the Chiefs lost. So let's, I'm going to take the opportunity to thank everybody for tuning in all season long. Uh, we've, had a, we've had a blast doing this. And uh, I really, Beth Welsh, our, our everything, producer, director, engineer, she is, she's been wonderful. And uh, these chairs are comfortable today. Did you guys yeah, notice that? We're, it's a plus. We're, it's a very comfortable the producer chair. found it. That's right. That's how much... Uh, <laughs> um, we appreciate that. So with that, thanks a lot. We'll be coming to you again after the Chiefs game on Sunday uh, against the Tennessee Titans. Winner going to the Super Bowl. Talk to you then. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in on Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. Thanks to Beth Welsh for producing the Facebook Live and to Derek Donovan for producing the podcast. Links to Chief Stories can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com and the Red Zone Extra app. We'll be back on Friday for another episode of Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.